Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Sedendai Party. I'm your host, Wendy. If you hear any background noises, my dog, Macho, is currently eating. So, just wanted to put that disclaimer right there. So, I hope everybody's been well this um, past, I think it's been two weeks since the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius in tropical astrology. Um, has been absolutely insane for me at least Um, we are in that like incubation period um, where we're coming up on that solar eclipse in Gemini which is actually happening tomorrow Um, and this solar eclipse is in Gemini for both tropical and sidereal astrology speaking of So we definitely have a lot of that Gemini energy going on, a lot of mental um, downloads, a lot of telepathic communication, and just a lot of mental stimulation in general. This is a good time to like pick up a skill. I started learning a little bit of Italiano, so I know a little bit, you know, some buongiorno and some other things I can't remember right now, so that's always exciting so i wanted to talk a little bit about shadow work and also a little bit about past lives because i've been doing a lot of work regarding past lives my own past life and just information about past lives in general but before i get into that i do want to talk about shadow work a little bit so if you don't know what shadow work is shadow work is basically like assessing the parts of ourselves that maybe we might you know, oppress within ourselves. And it's not, a lot of the times it's not conscious that we suppress these. It could be like as a child, you know, like for example, let's say as a child, um, my favorite color was blue. And one time I wore blue and uh, my mom was like, please do not wear blue ever again. Like that color looks disgusting on you. Whatever the case may be. And so we grew up, even though blue was our favorite color, and let's say we could even go into, you know, the meaning of blue and kind of the color of blue, the symbolism surrounding that, right, which is um, emotions, being calm, the throat chakra, and so many things. And so as we grew older, we noticed that we had a really hard time expressing ourselves, We had a really hard time um, expressing our emotions, specifically speaking up for ourselves, even relaxing. Like, it just seems like it's always hard for me to relax. We can really get into the nitty gritty, but that's a little bit about what shadow work is. It also kind of reminds me of, what is it, like soul fragment, soul fragmentation, which is um, basically saying that there are certain parts in our lives um, where we like lost a piece, a piece of our soul, uh, because of something traumatic that happened. And so we need to retrieve that part of ourselves so that we can become whole again. And a lot of these works all have to deal with the same thing. It really has to deal with integration. Shadow work deals with integration. Um, of course, you know, soul fragmentation, um, dream work, um, psilocybin, um, you know, all of this, right? 
So particularly for today's episode, I got a really big download and I wanted to share with you guys because I think that it's really interesting and it has to do with divine femininity specifically, but of course, whatever you identify yourself as, if you do identify yourself as a man or not, um, I think that this can apply to anybody, but um, the way that I got this download, it was specifically about women in relationships that no longer serve us, okay? And this is specifically with romantic, but anything that is like for one particular relationship, if it's romantic or friendship or familial, um, we can always, you know, uh, transform a little bit of what is said and go on and make it fit for that because it's not just ice, it's not isolated. Okay. Okay. So the download that I got, and this is going to be kind of broken up in parts, but yeah. So when parts of another person are that are not so obvious to the outside are revealed to us, we believe ourselves to be lucky and thus stay in relationships that are meant to perhaps, oh, I'm sorry, stay in relationships we are meant to perhaps learn about ourselves in. So um, to me, what this download meant or exactly what the download meant was, for example, and what I notice a lot about like codependent relationships or um relationships where childhood trauma is kind of like um, revealed is that there's like it's like we get a little window to someone right like for example if I'm out and I'm going shopping no no, I'm not gonna say that let's say I'm a cashier somewhere and a couple comes up to me I'm only gonna see that portion of their relationship that small window during the transaction no matter what happens, because so many things can happen. Um, but I only get to see that part, right? If I'm a friend to that couple, let's say I'm a friend to the man, I only see certain things is basically what I'm trying to say. We only see certain things about other people's relationships and about a person depending on the place or whatever. Now, because I'm in a relationship with this person, I see things that nobody else sees. And so I feel like I have a special golden ticket. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how can I leave this person? Like, even if I know the relationship is absolute shit, I'm like, well, I can't leave this person because they've shown me parts of themselves that they've never shown anyone else, right? It's, it's this thing of like, and I always think this is like a manipulation type of phrase, which Again, I feel like a lot of the things that we go through has to deal with programming. So uh, I guess keep that in mind as I speak about these things. When someone says, oh, I usually don't really tell a lot of people this, or I usually don't really do this or whatever, like feel, it's basically this feel special about what I'm about to show you. And so there is this kind of notion of, okay, so because they showed me this part of themselves, again, I must have to stay in this. I would be horrible. I feel so bad. And this has to do with, again, what I say women, because women are emotional creatures. It's this, oh my gosh, I will feel so bad if I just leave him. Like, look what just happened to him or what he's been through, you know, as a child or whatever. Like, you know, I can't, I can't do that. And it's like, really? really, you know, but 
that's what I got from that. Okay. So the next download that I got is if I give you my mind, body, and soul, and you give me a tiny sliver of what the relationship could be based on the image in my mind and the picture I paint to others, then I can live off of this relationship. So this download came to me when I was thinking about this imagery of the table, which we all know that women are the table. And this is just a metaphor obviously women are not objects okay but when people say what do you bring to the table you know women are the table if you need an explanation an explanation as to why women are the table um, metaphorically then I mean think about that you know meditate on it why not so this is the imagery that came to me it was of a woman who is a table of course so the table is the woman with nice desserts and treats, wine and bread and honey, anything that you could want on, it, on, on a feast or in a feast, not on a feast, anything you could want in a feast, the woman has on her table, right? Um, and so a man is eating at this table, which this would be the romantic relationship. The man is eating at the table and he's eating everything up. And even as he becomes full, the table insists and even demands that the man eat and take more. As he eats more, he attempts sporadically, if that, to refill the table with lesser versions, aka cheaper versions of the wine, the bread, the food, etc., everything that's on there, so much that flies and other types of creatures begin to swarm the table. And so when someone the table knows, stops by, the table wiggles herself so that the guest won't realize how different the feast is as long as it looks similar. And some tables are swarming with flies. So there's nothing that the table can do about that other than obviously get the cleaners to clean it up. <laughs> so what I mean specifically like this, what was this imagery? What is this imagery, right? So let's start with the first part let's start with the expensive wine and the bread and the honey and just the nice food that every, that that is on this table right this is expensive royal food on this table legit this is the the woman who is the ceo at her company this is the woman who is um you know cleaning up after um you know cleaning the parks you know this is the woman that this is the everyday woman it doesn't matter what she identifies as this is the everyday woman and so this is specifically based on like relationships where we're not doing like shadow work is basically what i'm trying to say which is why i started with shadow work and um so then the man Again, as he eats everything up and as he becomes full, this is the thing. He eats everything. Like I said, with the mind, I give you my mind, my body, and my soul. The man is like, okay, I have your mind, your body, and your soul. I'm full. Like, I, don't, I didn't even want all this. I didn't even ask for all this. And so the woman is like, no, take more. Take more. And he's like, but I'm full. <laughs> like, ma'am, I'm full. So it reminds me of those types of relationships where the woman is controlling so much of it, 
you know? And this reminds me of my most recent relationship. I remember when um, a particular moment when um, I, oh yeah, when I asked him, I was like, why don't we go out? Like, we've been hanging out with each other. We're always with each other, like all the time. Why don't we just make it official, right? And he just was kind of like, you know, mm." and I was like, okay, this is going to be the day that we go out this day. And he was like, okay. So it's basically, I literally, not basically, I forced him, I pressured him into being into a committed, into being in a committed relationship, which he clearly did not want. And this is exactly what I mean. It's the sense of no, take more. Take more of me than you've already taken. You know? Um, And so... Because he's taking so much, he wants to get back to the table, you know. So he takes out this cheap wine that he has that he got for $2 at the store by his house. And he pours just a little bit, not even a shot glass full, not even a shot glass. And again, time does not exist where this table is, where this man is eating. Time does not exist, okay? So... For example, let's say he gets to the table and he drinks the wine. He drinks a little bit of wine, right? And this is, yeah, because time doesn't exist, I'm trying to make it like work in my mind as well as I speak about it. So let's say the wine is full when he got to the table. It was full, like to the brim. And so he drinks, let's say about a third of the the wine glass. And he's like, you know what? Let me let me fill it up some more. Because remember, there's other drinks there too, other expensive drinks, not just wine. And so he takes his shot glass of his cheap wine, but the shot glass isn't even full. It's a, it's like halfway full, if if that. And he pours some of his cheap wine into the into the glass. So now you have extravagant wine and cheap wine mixed together, right? After all of this is gone, because eventually her portion or the portion that she started with is going to finish eventually. So after that's finished, let's say that's in a relationship that lasts 10 years in human terms, but it could even be a relationship that lasts a year as well, you know? So let's say, okay, um, you know, everything, everything's gone, but he had been replacing little by little, but he had been replacing. So obviously the table is not going to look as full as when it first, uh, when the table, you know, was by itself, the table is not going to look as full, but there is, it's going to look a little bit like if you were looking at the table from far away, it would look kind of the same. Like the wine is still red, the bread, you know, it, it, okay, I see where the bread used to be. There's still bread there. It's not the same, but it's bread. Okay, I see a little bit of honey over there, but it's not the same quality. It's not the same quality of bread, of wine, and so forth. And so this, um, when the friends come by, like I said, somebody who knows the table and such, they, they come by the table and they notice how different it looks. They're just like, this looks a little bit different. They might even go and sit down. And they're like, hmm, everything tastes different. They're like, the wine is a little bit more, mm, 
more watery or something. It doesn't, doesn't taste quite the same. What happened? And to me, this is the analogy of when friends are like, dude, what are you doing in this relationship? What are you doing in this relationship? And it's even the, it's, it's even the friendship, the friends or whoever, it doesn't have to just be friends. It's even the people who sit there at the table and they don't say anything. They're just like, mm. they know that the wine doesn't taste the same. They know that uh, the bread it doesn't even look the same at that. They don't even want to taste the bread. They're like, mm-mm. And they don't say anything at all. And they get up and they go. Again, feeding, again with the feeding off of the table and taking. They don't even replace stuff at that. Okay. Um, and again with the flies. So the flies begin to swarm at the table, the different bugs and whatnot. And the whole time off to the side, you could just see our spirit guides, AKA the handmaidens, the maids, they're just on the side with their buckets and the mops. And they're just like, just say when, and they're just waiting. They give you signs, whatever they, they're telling the table, you know, and they're just like, Hmm, we're just gonna, we're just gonna wait until when she says when. Eventually, the table begins to wither. This happens, in, obviously, in some relationships. The table begins to wither, starts to crack. It's holding too much on its back. And you have the repair guy off to the side like, just say when. I can make the table look brand new. Just say when. And it's all to keep up an image. Because there is this, this image that we need to be in a relationship but that's the thing there is no how about we be in a sustaining relationship a healthy a wealthy a blessed a magical relationship if it you know romantic relationship or whatever the case i'm talking about romantic relationships but like i said before if that doesn't apply to you and you're thinking about friendship or whatever by all means so there's always this thing of, you know, we need to be with someone. We need to be in the company of whatever. And if we're not, then this. And so we just, okay, then anybody can eat at my table. If that's the case, I'm going to suppress with the shadow, right? I'm going to suppress how I feel about relationships because of what's been programmed to you, my ancestors, and thus you programmed onto me. And I'm going to sit here in this horrible, terrible relationship. And I'm going to go so far as to enable it when he wants to let it go. Because at the end of the day, two people are in a relationship. We go into, let's say with domestic, um, domestic violent relationships, there's a lot of questions that's like, why would the victim go back to the abuser? Why would they do that? So many questions like that, right? And it's kind of like, if they, if they abused them, why would they go back to that? Why wouldn't they just leave? They, they gave them an out or they got out and they go back. Why is that, right? And there's so many theories on that. There's like people talk about soul ties. People talk about uh, witchcraft. People talk about, um, there's so many things that's basically like, it's, it takes the autonomy. So many things 
take the um take away sorry take away autonomy and so place the blame on something else oh because i can't get out of this or because you won't let me get out of this relationship it must be witchcraft it must be this um how about because the person just maybe doesn't want to get out of the relationship they don't have the strength to get out of the relationship because what they were taught about strength and standing up for themselves, right? This could be the person that maybe instead of their mom saying, stop wearing the color blue, they told them to stop wearing the color red. And so they feel as though they have no autonomy whatsoever over what they do. They can't stand up for themselves, right? They can't assert their anger or their frustration because they're looked at as the bad guy when they do that. All has to do with programming. It's all programming. So what can we do to stop getting fed off of and stop enabling other people to feed off of us as well? Well, again, this is where shadow work comes in. This is where we go to the root and we unlock the things that have or, or the, the messages, the projections that have done more harm than good. And we could even look at our daily lives. A lot of the, it, some of it is about being aware. Like if you don't want to sit and, and do the journal prompts, like I know there's journal prompts, I know there's meditation, stuff like that. Um, and to each its own, find what works best for you, you know? Um, but what I can say for some people who maybe aren't into just sitting and trying to recollect or recollect or anything like that, being aware in our daily lives is great. When are you triggered in your daily life? Look at the colors, look at the things around, look at what you're doing who's around, what you associate them with, you know, what's their astrological sign? For me, that's one of the best things. Like when I'm annoyed at someone or I'm just like, whatever the case may be, I'm like, what's their sun sign? It's even better with their moon sign, but I'm like, what's their sun sign? So what is this energy that's being played out with me right now? Right? So again, shadow work can really help with that. So what does shadow work have to do with past lives well um for me and what i've been learning about past lives and now that i'm thinking about it i'm gonna make another episode about past lives that's a little more informational um and like separate by itself but um why i'm talking about past lives and shadow work is because i believe that our childhood traumas and i've seen this um, a couple of uh, theories about this as well, is that our childhood traumas reveal what we need healing from our most recent past life or and or also what we have been um, bringing, for lack of a better word, from our past other past lives, whether it's the most recent or the 100th, you know, pre-100 or whatever, or 50th, um, that we still have not yet healed. And because when we think about children, when we think about our childhood, 
Um, and I'm going to use the analogy of Avatar The Last Airbender. So in Avatar The Last Airbender, and of course in Legend of Korra, in this universe, um, in order to find the Avatar, if you have never seen Avatar, or if, even if you have, um, to find the next reincarnation, they go to each village, literally, they gather up all the children, not all at once, I believe, but I'm not, I, I forgot, they do like a meeting or something like that, and they ask the child to rearrange the toys in an order, and depending on the order that the children rearrange these toys, they will know who is the next reincarnation um, of, you know, the avatar. Because a lot of the times when the child is little, I mean, other than Korra, at least what I saw from Avatar The Last Airbender, apparently um, that they're at a point when they're that young that they're not even showing signs of the other modalities, of the other elements specifically. Whereas in Legend of Korra, she was already bending. <laughs> when they went to go, they actually got a call in. And they were like, no, we think she's the Avatar. And she was already fire bending, water, bear, water bending, and earth bending. So they were like, yeah, that's of course that's the Avatar. Anybody who's bending more than one element has to be the Avatar, right? Um, it's a little, I think it's a little bit different now because like with lava bending, but obviously lava bending, blood bending, and things, metal blend, metal bending. Did I really say metal? No. Yeah, and metal are all um, versions or like subcategories, if you want to say, of other bending um, um, elements. But anyway, why I say this is because, like I said, when we were children, or when we are children, um, it's like our most unfiltered self. Yes, we start to learn about programming. We start to pick up certain things and whatnot. But the reason why we pick up things and, and we start absorbing things is for later in life, for when we are adults. But for the most part, I would say from the ages of zero to like seven, like we are really our most unfiltered self. Now, obviously, give or take a year is probably not seven. Maybe it's five. It, you know. I don't know the exact numbers, but regardless of that, when you look at, or when we look at our favorite TV shows or our favorite movies as a child, we look at the things that we like to wear the most, um, the things that made us cry, the things that made us laugh, um, and, and maybe like what we were missing from our, from our parents that we wish that we had a little more of. I really do think that we can, unco we can uncover a lot of what we experience in our most recent past life, especially with the things that we like, for sure, and even things that we don't like, the things that we are afraid of. There was this movie that I watched about, I don't remember, it was a while ago, um, perhaps two or three years ago, and I don't remember the name, but it was this movie about a, a scientist, He well, a man, he was a scientist, and he didn't believe in past lives. He didn't believe in karma, none of that. And he met this girl because he was like upset. He saw this billboard of this model of just her eyes. And he was immediately, excuse me, like memorized by her eyes. They met, they ended up building a romantic connection. I think she told them like, you know, that we're soulmates or something like that. I'm not sure. Spoiler alert, she ends up dying in an elevator she ends up being reincarnated 
he finds where she's been reincarnated. She was reincarnated as a little girl in India and he wanted to check out if, you know, it was true. These, you know, these theories and stuff like that. He takes the little girl by an elevator and she completely freaks out or she just doesn't want to go on it. But I know that she was scared. So I don't know if she completely freaks out, but you get the point. So what I'm trying to say, and this deals of course with the shadow as well, the stuff that we've repressed or that we have not yet fully, um, what's the word? We have not yet fully, um, I guess, uh, there's so many words going through my mind right now. Um, I don't want to say integrated, but let's just say integrate or healed. Actually, let's, I'll, I'll say with healed. I'll, I'll, whatever. Okay, so the parts that we have not yet healed. So, for example, if she was to go on an elevator and she was to, you know, face her fears, we all have something that, you know, we need to face our fears, right? Some people, their fear is of heights. There's a bunch of theories about people who's, who's perhaps afraid of heights. There's people afraid of the water, of the ocean, specifically not just water, but the ocean. Um, so it's just about taking the fears that we have and thus um, healing that part of ourselves. And to remember, especially when it comes to past lives and even the shadow self as well, that is not my life anymore. You know, my mom may have hated me in that color blue, but I'm an adult now. I can wear what I want. I may have, I may be afraid of elevators. I don't even know where that's coming from. A lot of the stuff that we don't even know where it's coming from. Now, this is obviously take this with a grain of salt because I do have a friend who doesn't remember much of her childhood. So this wouldn't really apply to her, obviously, if she doesn't even freaking remember maybe where that um, unconscious or where that um, fear or suppressed part of herself came from, right? If somebody doesn't like wearing the color blue and they remember specifically that what their mom said, then they can pinpoint it to that. Then we can go into, well, why would my mom say such a thing? We can go into ancestral and generational type things as well. But for someone who perhaps, let's say they don't have an exact memory of someone. Let's, this is someone who remembers most of their childhood. But they don't have an exact memory of someone ever ostracizing them for wearing the color blue. They just have like a fear. Let's say a fear. They feel like when they wear the color blue or when they show their emotions or where they're, when they express themselves, like it's the end of the world, for lack of a better phrase. So they're like, well, where is that coming from? It could very well be coming from a past life trauma of expressing oneself, of maybe being calm. Like maybe something terrible happened during a day of relaxation and you never want to be calm ever again because every, you know, it takes you back to that moment. Maybe that happened in a past life. And it's all about, again, that healing aspect of us remembering that we are in this life now. We are no longer there. But in order for us to continue on with our life now and stop getting stuck in cycles of the past, we must bring awareness to that which we have suppressed. A lot of the times, the people closest to us don't even know our fears. I used to be the type of person, I'm like, why would you tell somebody 
what you're afraid of, they can use that against you. And I used to hear people all the time, they would say, why would you tell someone your deepest, darkest secrets? They would, they could use that against you. And I would be like, so I would be anti that phrase because I would say, well, if somebody tries to use something that you pers that you, you know, took the time out to be vulnerable with them and they try to use it against you, if anything, it looks bad on them. But I didn't think about that with the fear as well. So we can uncover a lot, a lot about ourselves by looking at our triggers, you know, at our fears, that which we suppress. And a lot of the times, is specifically with past lives, the suppression is coming from a previous life versus when we know exactly like our ancestral line or our, you know whether it be our mother or our father or our great grandmother and that may be coming from just the line of identifying with this particular identity for example and how the system the system um, that we live in which some people call the matrix some people call simulation whatever you want to call it which the matrix and the simulation is the same thing um, contribute to so it could be for example boys shouldn't cry boys don't cry that now that's a very like universal absolutely stupid uh to me stupid um phrase um and but that could apply both to generational but that could also apply to a past life so i think that i think that um it might be a little bit different a tad bit a tad bit seeing um if if is this coming from a past life or is this coming from my childhood? But again, like I just said before, our childhood, we can see a lot of things that uh, were coming from a past life, including the way that our parents treat us, um, treated us when we were a child, um, including the way that other kids treated us, um, authority figures, so authority figures obviously are our parents, um, other types of figures, um, the feminine relationship, the male relationship, how that manifested as a child as well, um, that can all show us, it all points to uh, the reincarnation cycle and healing that of the past. Um, because it's, to me at least, it's crazy to think that the past is just our childhood and it stops there or it just stops with our ancestors or with specifically our ancestors in this particular bloodline and it doesn't go back or not necessarily go back, but it doesn't go into other cultures as well. Like I, for one, am a firm believer that reincarnation is not just I am only reincarnated in the same line. To me, that absolutely makes no sense. Um, and I've had visions of other past lives where I didn't—I was not a part of the same culture. So, you know, how would I? You know what I mean? Um, and just that cultural back, backlash again from perhaps my most recent past life being in a culture that was fill in the blank here, and then coming into another culture that's maybe the complete opposite, and dealing with that as well. But how would but looking at how that manifests as a child um, or manifests in the things I like or the things that I dislike or my fears. Um, and we don't have to get too like specific. I mean, by all means, if you want to do that, go ahead. Um, we don't have to get too specific into things. We can really see the root like really clearly about things. Um, wow, that was a lot. <laughs> my brain kind of hurts <laughs> from all of that. Um, there was something else, excuse me, that came into my mind about past lives. 
and this work that I am suddenly forgetting. So clearly it is not that important since I forgot. So thank you guys so much for listening to this brand new episode of Sedendai Party. Um, I hope that you guys have an amazing solar eclipse. Uh, whenever you guys listen to this, um, it, yeah, this will be after the solar eclipse, but at the end of the day, these types of energies, they're not like one and done. Like, no, at the end, you know, it's not a cutoff date or anything like that. So have an awesome, amazing solar eclipse and Gemini season in general. As we move our way into cancer season and the solar eclipse, and of course, whenever you are listening to this, um, I hope that you guys have a fantastic day, night, evening whenever you are listening to this stay blessed stay wealthy stay healthy i love you all this is only the beginning we out cheer i also um hope that you guys enjoy the intro the new intro song to serende party um it is by divine pisces 222 on youtube absolutely love her readings she does a lot of collective readings in regards to divine counterparts not only twin flames outer like outer union so like you know me and you but also inner union so of course the union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine so again thank you guys so much for listening the number you have dialed has been changed the new number is please note the new number is